tell us that story about you auditioning for Cool Tools. This was this was <laughs> your first gig with DIY. Yep. And I think I did five auditions for the show and for Cool Tools, and then I got the call after that. And uh, the guy Ross Babbitt, who called me, he said, uh, "Are you ready for your life to change?" And and I didn't believe him. What career could you have if you didn't do what you were doing? You, you could be, you know, one of those guys who goes and shoots the food for the menus and stuff like that. Food porn? That's <laughs> food my porn. joint, man. I'm telling you what. You got to be over 18 to watch my stuff. <laughs> so we're down there in the panhandle of Florida. You know, there's going to be gators. You know, there's going to be gator tail for snacks and stuff. You know, put a little sauce on it. Improv has been a huge part of hosting. You don't get a script. You know, you yeah. just gotta go. Your 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 point B is down there. We're at point A. Once I got on the set, I'm telling you that Andy Richter, cool guy, man. I'm from Chicago, and so is he. As actors, you know, a lot of people have a phrase that they use in their head or or verbally to get into a character, you know. And so mine was always, "That there's the biggest potato I've ever seen." <laughs> I'm sitting there smoking a cigar, looking at the bay, you know, in Nicaragua with Samantha Brown. It was surreal. Welcome to the Story Driven Podcast, where we talk to people about how they use storytelling in their jobs. Hi, I'm Michael Collins of Be Story Driven. Today's guest is Chris Grundy from the DIY Network. He's the host of Cool Tools and this season's Blog Cabin. Grundy and I go way back to the days of the Acme Comedy Players at Chicken Lips Comedy Theater. Get ready for another fun-filled, story-driven podcast. All right, it's time for another story-driven podcast. We're here at the friendly confines of Shift Workspaces. And, you know, they describe it kind of as an office spa. They have all kinds of... uh, they take care of you. They got this little uh, this little station. If you got a little sniffle coming on, you get a little vitamin C action, some essential oils, and then you can go downstairs, do some yoga. You can go and do a boot camp. They got fresh fruit, tea, coffee, and a kegerator. So uh, that's Shift Workspaces. That's where we're shooting this thing today. Uh, and my guest is a very special friend of mine. I met uh, Mr. Grundy at a we were we did a sketch comedy show together, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, I'm just going to jump right into it. He is a, uh, he's a fantastic performer, host, and uh, all-around likable guy, good friend, very enthusiastic. I, I'm, I, I don't, let me know if I'm overselling this, Grundy. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. I, I, w- I was thinking about it earlier. As soon as I got on this mic, I thought, I'm a little hot on this mic. <laughs> Mike. So yeah, we know we've we've performed together for years and years, man, and I was always too loud. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the the one scene that we did though, it was just like uh we were it was like a we were hunters, right? And we, we, we were battling each other or something. Oh yeah, that's what it was. It was uh, we were one upping each other on uh, the kind of gun we had. Yeah, right? some kind, kind of, of weapon thing. Yeah, the kind of weapon thing, and it just escalated. Just the just the classic just one up game and then uh, when it came down to it, to it, neither one of us could shoot the deer. <laughs> That's right. And we went. We ended up going and just hi, little deer, hi, deer. <laughs> and we just went to a store and bought like, well, let's just go buy, just go buy some hamburger meat yeah, exactly. for the barbecue, whatever. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was so fun doing a sketch comedy. That was with um, that. Then they called it was called Acme Comedy Players. Yep. Eric Ferrone was the director, and mm-hmm. we performed at a place called Chicken Lips Comedy Theater. Yes, sixteenth. Uh, it was like seventeenth and Market. Market. Yeah, yep. it's all. And now it's like a it's play, it's a place called Greenworks Video. They got a green screen in there and everything. But 
I mean, I haven't been in there in years, man. It's, but I walk by it all the time because it's right downtown Denver, you know? That's right. Yeah, and you you love to go to that one breakfast joint, don't you? The, yeah, uh, Delectable Egg Delectable. is like four <laughs> doors down, man. I go in there, I get some biscuits and gravy, <laughs> all kinds of eggs and potatoes, I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't think about chicken lips much. I just think about sausage and gravy. <laughs> You, I, I, what I love about you and your like your Facebook page, you you'll always see what you're eating. You, you love to take pictures of your food. I do. Uh, yeah. I get nostalgic about it too. Yeah. Sometimes I don't delete them from my phone right away, and so I'll be going through and deleting stuff, and I'll see a particular meal, and I'm like, oh man, that night that was good sauce, man. Well, I dripped it. It was nice. It'd be great. You know, you think about like what 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 career could you have if you didn't do what you were doing? You, you could be you know one of those guys who goes and shoots the food for the menus and stuff like that. I. I I do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. I'm telling you. Food porn, that's <laughs> food my porn. joint, man. I'm telling you what. You got to be over 18 to watch my stuff. <laughs> Tell you. Although some of that stuff is a little like uh, it's artificial, right? They, you know, it's not, it's not the, like the cheese on the hamburger, right? You right. know, who knows what that actually is? You don't actually know, <laughs> but know? there's a there's a inherent trust and love that <laughs> that comes with yeah. a burger. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah, it's uh, it's something you, you you it's a leap of faith, really. Right. You, and you take a bite, and your faith is restored. And, <laughs> you know, and, you, and then you get sleepy. <laughs> Take a nap. And, and you all, take a nap. And you wake up and it's all good. Have you now? Um, have you done any commercials? You've you you had to have done a few. I've I mean, I know you've few. done a lot of promos and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but commercials. Uh, yeah, I've done a few commercials. I, as a matter of fact, I was just with someone earlier today. I did an IBM commercial. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. years ago, and. Um, I it was the con- the concept of the commercial was about uh, if you go with IBM you you find the magic you'll yeah. they, they are the magic whatever so uh, <laughs> the character I played was a genie uh-huh. and uh, he was made up man I mean just makeup everywhere you know big old deal on the head you know big big like hammer pants everything you know and so I just saw a picture from that you know yeah. the other day and so that just makes me laugh I got a, a commercial running right now about uh, hugging a hunter you know I think I saw that yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so you know the you know, hunters and, and and anglers they they do so much you know for yeah. the for for our nature for for the yeah. for the state and so um yeah there's this this concept about hugging a hunter and thanking him <laughs> man I hugged the crap out of that hunter what <laughs> I was making chocolate smoothies with that Got dude. Got your I, phone number after that one. Uh, <laughs> I hugged him good. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's just so funny the the idea. You know, as an actor, you know, you're you're just you're trying to get these gigs when you're starting out, right? I mean, mm-hmm. well, you you kind of just um, you know, sell yourself out to yes. do whatever. You know, yes. you'll dress up in whatever they tell you to. You'll say whatever they tell you to because mm-hmm. there's something about just booking a gig, right? Absolutely. I don't know what it is, but it's just. Well, you know, basic human needs is money. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you, you want to eat, right? <laughs> um, the problem is, you know, you go all this time, audition, 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 yeah. and then you get a gig and it's $300. Yeah. The problem is I'm $3,000 <laughs> in debt, 30000 you know, whatever, 13000 mm-hmm. whatever. So you get them because you do. You want to perform. Yeah. You want to get seen. You want to you wanna build up a resume so that you can get the bigger ones. Yeah. So they're not the, the local or regional you come up with a national commercial, yeah. you get that joint running. <laughs> Woo, boy, I'll be eating Snickers. You know, forget that government candy bar with the green and the brown. Yeah, I get a real candy bar then. Mm. And ramen? 
Yeah. I keep it no packed away. Yeah. I keep it, but I keep it because yeah. you never know. <laughs> you never know. You know the business, That's right? That's the thing. That's mm-hmm. the thing. You're always kind of looking for that next gig. And, Absolutely. And, and um, you know, there's and that's the unfortunate thing. You know, you, you you book a gig and you're always looking for like, okay, well, how long is this going to last? And you got to be creative on on where you're where you're where you're going. going. Yeah, you're absolutely. Going. Um, what what did, can you remember? Uh, commercial that you auditioned for what just something where you just felt like oh man okay i'll do it uh yeah actually yeah <laughs> there was a car commercial um i can't remember the the manufacturer but the idea was uh you know how people do the the polar plunge they yeah. jump into a cold lake or river or whatever yeah. so that was the idea of the commercial you come out of that you're a real man or something and you yeah. drive off in your truck yeah <clears throat> They had us all taking our shirts off, you know, doing all kinds of crazy stuff in front of the camera. I hope that never comes to light. Man, I looked at myself afterwards. I was like, speaking of cheeseburgers, I've been tearing them up, right? So I was like, I need, I need a job with my shirt on. Are you saying? <laughs> so, you know, your physique is, is something that you're not ready to just put out there like yeah, that? Yeah, I'm not ready. I'm not ready, you know? You know, I met personal trainers, but I never spent any time with them. <laughs> Well, okay, so c- cut to yeah. uh, now you've been hosting a show called Cool Tools, and is that still is that still going on? You're like on season... Well, yeah, I don't even know what season, but uh, we they stopped the seasons, and now it's just specials, so oh, okay. like a Christmas special or Father's okay. Day special or something like okay. that. I moved over to Blog Cabin, yeah. so that's running now, and okay. actually I leave in a couple of days to go film the next season. And so where's that going to be? That's going to be... you say? I can say. Yeah. I couldn't say a month ago. Yeah. Now I can say. It's right outside of Tallahassee, Florida, Okay, so we're down there in the panhandle of Florida, you know, there's going to be gators, you know, there's going to be gator tail for snacks and stuff, you know, put a little sauce on it, um, you know, probably some cheese. Um, I don't know, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, here in Colorado, yeah. nice dry weather, yeah, sure. you know, pleasant all the time, whatever, man, we go into the panhandle of Florida. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. I'm still keeping my shirt on. Though. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, tell us the just the gist of what Blog Cabin is. It's a it's a, it's a cool concept. Yeah, so Blog Cabin it's a it's an interactive show. It's I would say it's probably the most interactive show on DIY Network. Um, we uh, put everything on the on a website that gives the the audience the choices of how the house is going to be built, so they can have choices on the flooring, the lighting, the fixtures, you know, paint, you know, any anything that's going in in the house, and then whatever they vote on, whatever wins, that's how we build the house, yeah. right? And so people get to follow us as we're building so there's a live camera on set all the time running 24 7 and um once we do everything and get everything built there's a sweepstakes and then we give the house away to some lucky winner oh nice yeah that's excellent yeah i've been on it for five years and every house that, that i've that i've worked on has been on the water you know, it's been either on the ocean or a lake or a river or something, you know. And yeah. it's just, man, we, we love this show. We love to go in and build and be creative and just make new things. It's, it's I'm telling you, it's a lot of fun. Well, that combines a few things. Like when you look, when you look at TV show genres and everything, so it's got kind of like this... Uh, um, this interactive thing, you know, like uh, like there's the reality show where it's the elimination, right? Where yeah. someone gets voted off or all that kind of stuff. So there's mm-hmm. that, there, that people people have that 
They're able to vote. They're able to vote. Yeah. They, they vote on the on the on on all the elements, and every episode is a specific room in the house. So okay. we'll be having a bathroom episode ah, and a kitchen episode, yeah. you know, and a dining room episode, whatever. And um, as they as each episode goes, we get another host to come and play with me and to come and co-host with me, you know. And so every episode, they get to see another host from DIY or HGTV. And man, we just have a ton of fun, so That's much fun. And you know, these guys have become my friends. It's something people look forward to every year. Like, hey, you going to Blog Cabin this year? <laughs> wait, wait, when are you going? You know, you gonna stay extra? You gonna go fishing? I mean, it's it's a ball. It's so much fun. So the DIY network is do it yourself network, mm-hmm. and this is a uh, this is a Colorado production company. This is not yeah. uh, this company. The the. The production company is out of Northern California, okay. and the network is out of uh, Tennessee. Okay. Scripps right. Network, yeah. Got it. Tell us that story about you auditioning for Cool Tools. This was <laughs> this was your first gig with DIY yep. called Cool Tools, and it's I, I've been on set when you've been shooting a few of these things. It's really, <laughs> it's, it's just fun to watch the whole thing go. It's a lot of fun. The first thing that happened was I had a, I did a uh, spot for PBS uh-huh. a million years ago, and um, one of the producers then went to HGTV. She called me up one day and said, hey, I'm doing this show. I ran short on material. Can you come in? I'm just going to interview you and then splash your, epi- your responses through the episode. I was like, okay, cool. So I go down there, 15 minutes, half an hour, whatever. Do it. Get back. Go back to work. Anyway, I never saw it. Never, I never thought about it again. It just it was half an hour out of my day. I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't capture it. So then, three years later, her boss was putting together cool tools. Three years later, three years later, and called my friend and said, "Hey, remember that guy who you had on that show? What, what was his name?" And because uh, during the interview, we had, she asked me about fixing things, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, well, we had to do this, this, and this, and whatever, blah, blah, blah." So once that, so you demonstrated <coughs> some sort of knowledge about right, right. It was because uh, it was something. Yeah, it was stuff about. <laughs> I think she asked me, you know, what happens if you broke your toys? We're talking about like, like a Christmas show or something. I was like, well, we don't get new toys. You got to fix your old toys. As a matter of fact, you got to fix everything. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. So that other producer, Muffy Steinhoff, she um, she called me in and had me audition with everybody else, you know. And I yeah. was like, this. I felt this a little out of my league, you know, because this is a real network. This is a real home improvement network, you know, and and. From my experience, you know, as much construction as I had done, there's so much I hadn't done. But the cool thing was they were looking for someone to bridge the gap between the experts and the people at home. There you, know, you go. And they got me. Well, isn't there a story where you where you even said to, I think you were in consideration pretty heavily. It sounds like from the, from the get-go, but then... Didn't you have a conversation where you're like, I don't know if I'm the guy for this? Yeah, I, I said, I wanted to make sure they understood, you know, I, I want to give you everything that I can give, but I don't know if it's going to be enough. Now, we've got another friend, I don't know if, you, if it's okay to say, but yeah, Dave, Dave Shirley, yeah. who is this amazing... Mr. Fix-It. Mr. Fix-It, yeah. amazing, creative guy, yeah. I mean, artist, you Incredible. know, he's, he's funny, he's an improv expert, I mean, he's he's great. So I, I was like, here, call my friend, this guy, I'm telling you, he's perfect, right? And I think... Because I did that, they were like, yeah, we really want that guy. You know, we really want Grundy because he because it wasn't about getting the job. Yeah. You know, I was, it was about how can I help you and how can you help me? And I wanted it to be mutual. Yep. And uh, once we started, it was mutual. And man. that says a lot about you, dude, because, I mean, when you're talking about booking something like this, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's a big deal. And look, look where it's gotten. You've got to do all kinds of things, man. travel all over the place, meet yeah. all kinds of people. And here you are saying, like, you know, I just want to make sure you're getting the best guy for the job. Obviously, that's why they have casting directors and producers. Sure. Like, we want you, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're, you're our guy. You fit the vision of this thing. Yeah, I got lucky. I'm telling yeah. you, I got lucky. And they gave me a few chances because I was like, okay, and I went in for the audition. 
information and then I then I tried to give it to somebody else and they still yeah. called me back in and then I did another one and then a third <laughs> one and then a fourth one and I think I did five auditions for the show and for Cool Tools and then I got the call after that and uh, the guy Ross Babbitt who called me he said uh, are you ready for your life to change and and I didn't believe him yeah you know and man it changed immediately yeah it's been it's it's been an amazing ride. And and so I mean you not only the shows but then you get these guest appearances on other things and you're bringing in I mean it's just a riot because you have this it's not like you just have to go in and sit down and and just chat kind of like we're doing here right. you have this this thing that you're talking about that you're yeah. using that you can yeah. describe and have fun with yeah I mean, just just real quickly what are some like just some of the memorable well tools that you got to work yeah with? I've gotten really lucky I, I got to do um, you know there's a station here a new station here. Uh, CW, um, what's Channel Two here? What's it called? CW. Is it the CW? Yeah. CW. So, uh, like yeah. so I've been on their news program. WB, something C- like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think the Flash is on that channel. Um, but yeah, so they, you know, they've called me in many times to to come and demonstrate tools and and yeah. to to show the, the cool parts of these uh, of these tools. It's so much fun, you know, and to to explain to someone who doesn't know much about tools. What how cool this is, and to have them put their hands on it and really experiment and do things. I'm telling you, it is one of the funnest things to 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 teach, to learn, to to work together. That's what I love. I would say there's like uh, people are intimidated by <laughs> by these tools. Like, what does it do? Am I going to injure someone or myself or this? Am I going to ruin this thing that I'm working on? Yeah one of the one of the great things that has helped me um, really elevate my knowledge is to have the freedom to make mistakes. You know, lots of times, you know, especially when we're broke, it's like, I have this piece of material, I have this piece of wood. If I screw this up, I got to buy another one. You know what I mean? At DIY, I screw up all the time, <laughs> and I get a new piece of wood, and I try it again. And that, you know, being able to make mistakes, that's how you learn, yeah. you know? You get it right the first time, you don't even know what you did. You know, you make the mistakes and realize what's wrong. Then you really come into the mechanics of, of what's happening, the guts of it. You know, that's that's what that's learning. right? Yeah, there. right. Making mistakes while you learn. And it's just, you know, you go back to, um, you know, our, our improv days and just we were encouraged to just go out and try anything. Yeah. And, and so how is improv? Uh, how did improv help? You as a host. It is... Or how does it? Yeah, it is crucial to me, you know. Um, I really just, you know, even talking to you today, it's like, hey, do you want to know anything? No, I don't want to know anything. Let's just wing it, (laughs) you know. And um, and I I think that confidence of being done so much improv in the past you know, turn on the camera and say, we need this thing built, I I have no nervousness about that. Uh Because... It's yes and, you yeah. know, and let's make mistakes. And, and they, they allow me to make mistakes and, be, and have fun. So, yeah, improv has been a huge part of hosting. You don't get a script, you know. You yeah. just got to go. Here, your, your point B is down there. We're at point A. Get to it however you need to. There it is. That's I love huge. That. Yeah. And that just gives you that genuine, authentic experience and delivery. I mm-hmm. mean, that's where, it's, that's where it's just so fun. You're, you're in the moment. You're connected to what it is you're doing. Yeah. And you're in the moment when you're also sometimes in the moment with people who, well, most of the time, who've never done anything on stage, never done a commercial. You know, these are contractors who are now TV hosts, you know. Yeah. And so sometimes when, you know, I'll go on a tangent in a heartbeat, you know, and sometimes I can see their eyes going, uh-oh. Where's he going? Where's he going? You know? And that to me is so much fun. And especially the ones who take the leap with me. They're like, I don't know where we're going, but I'm going with them. Well, and that's a that's a testament to you as far as making people feel comfortable and well, you know, you're welcoming 
welcoming them in. And that's the, yeah, like you said, the yes and. And it's, you know, this doesn't work without both of us making it happen. So, yeah, yeah improv, I mean, it helps in so many ways. I, so what, and, and we're, so we've, we're talking about cool tools and blog cabin, but I did go onto the IMDb page, <laughs> Grandy. Uh-oh. And, um, you know, you see things like, uh, Throttle ah. was, was that like an indie an indie film? It was an indie film back in the day with Michelle Beisner. Two thousand five. Two thousand five. Give um, us the logline of Throttle. Yeah. So uh, there's a guy <laughs> in a world. In a world, there's a guy. <laughs> so he's uh, he he's in a parking garage. It's um it's like uh, there was a movie with uh, Dennis McQuaid. Uh, Dennis Hopper. Dennis. Or? Oh, I can't. I'm blanking on his name right now. But it was a movie called. Oh man, I'm blanking on the, the original <laughs> now. Jeez. Um, <laughs> but Dennis he's yeah, Farina. yeah. It'll come to me later after we're done. And um, anyway, he's stuck in a parking garage, and this madman is after him in a big truck, right? And he's all, he's all up and down the floors and levels, and trying to get away from this this truck guy. He's trying to kill him. I play a cop who comes in at the end, right? Now. It's when you watch something ten years later, you know, and uh, you know I came out of the car and I've I got my gun out and all this stuff and the way I'm holding the gun is wrong, you know. I mean, it's just I, I got my hands on it and I can see now the things I'm doing wrong and it just it's just funny, it's just funny to me, you know. But uh, yeah, one of my dear friends, Michelle Beisner's in it, um, Grayson McCooch, uh, he was the lead and just man, we had a ball, we had so much fun. And that, where, where did you guys shoot that? Shot that in Denver, in Denver? right here in That's Denver, awesome. down in uh, the Denver Tech Center. One of these things, one that I know, because mm-hmm. um, I, because I knew you were in, we were in L.A. at the same time here, um, and you were, you came out to L.A. for stretches and uh-huh. stretches of time and booked all kinds of work and uh, the people that like me that were living there <laughs> not booking stuff, uh, you know. Oh, here he comes, Granny, coming in and book some stuff and then leave. <laughs> uh, Andy Barker, PI. Ah, yes. So. Yes. Uh, that Andy Richter show. Andy Richter show. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that dude is hilarious. And yeah. he's and he's, a, he's with Conan and and uh, what was that like shooting shooting something with uh, on, on like a sitcom set? Yeah, as, as opposed to you know a movie set or or like a reality show set. Yeah, it was um, it was a new thing for me. You know, um, but I but I want to go back a little bit and talk about the audition process okay. of that because I went to my very good friend Michael <laughs> Collins and said I have this script, please help me, right? And so you and I sat down in downtown LA yeah. and rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. And I'm telling you what, all that nervousness that I had before that was gone. When I went into that audition, I was like, whatever. I've done this a million times. Who who says action? Who, who, you, are you in charge? Say action, because I'm about to book this. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. But the confidence I had from working with you, that's yeah. what got me the job. Once I got on the set, I'm telling you, that Andy Richter, cool guy, man. I'm from Chicago, and so is he. And so, you know, we're sitting there down there in makeup, and, you know, he doesn't know me. Of course I know who he is, you know. He has no idea who I am. I'm yeah. just some guy who got a spot on his show. And um, he was so nice to me. Everybody, everybody was so nice on that set. Um, we had a great time, and he was an absolute professional, man. I yeah. mean, every scene that he went to, he knew his lines, but he never needed any practice, whatever. And I was only in a couple scenes, and, man, he nailed it every, every time. Just awesome. It was a great, great time. Well, and I like what you said about just, uh, you, you know, because um – you know, working with a lot of people on their on their presentations and public speaking and things like that, they don't realize that um, it does 
does take work. That prep process, that 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 process of just rehearsing, rehearsing, rehearsing your thing, yeah. and um, you can't just be like think about it in your head and like, yeah, I got it. Yeah, you you, you have to say it out loud. You got to deliver it. You got to deliver it in different ways. And, yeah, you know, just improvising. Yeah, and um, and even even you know with our history of impro- impro- improvisation, 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 <laughs> you know, sometimes I would get a little cocky going into yeah. a, a, an audition. It's like, well, even if I screw up, it's okay because I I do improv. It doesn't work like that, mm-hmm. you know. I, I needed to be spot on, and yes, I had to make some decisions on how to deliver. Yeah, but the words were never a problem. Well, what's interesting, yeah, like because with with Blog Cabin and and Cool Tools, they let, they kind of turn you loose, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, Granny, do your thing. Yeah, like you said, we need to get here. Mm-hmm. This is our endpoint. With with sitcom, you need to say the words. As written, because as written. The, because it is there are beats and there are the words are there for a reason and the writers it is kind of scientific almost mm-hmm. as far as like how things need to be delivered and the punchline. Yeah, because they're seeing the whole picture where yeah. I'm only seeing a tiny picture, you know. So if I think, well, this would sound better here, it doesn't. It takes away the joke from ten minutes later. Right. So yeah, it was. It's another learning process I went through on set and being on different sets. It's like, okay, this is the kind of set where I gotta stay word for word. This is the kind of set I can I can get close. This set doesn't have any words. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. So it's uh, it's oh it's been a learning process. Every time I go into a different set, I just try and feel the mood of it, yep. you know, and feel the the pace of it, and and look and see if anyone's changing lines, and and then I'll know. Okay, I can cut loose. There you go. And the thing with the uh, and then and then back to something like sitcom where. Um, there is blocking. Mm-hmm. It is it's it is much more technical, right? Yeah. And it's a, was that was that a multicam shoot or was that was that in, in a studio? That was not in a studio. Yeah. We shot at a golf course, I remember. Okay. Um that was a one camera. Okay. Yeah, that was a one camera shoot. So they, they they cut and reset different angles Absolutely. and things like that. And so you need to worry about things like continuity and where you're standing. Yeah. And and so that technical thing and that's where I think, you know, if I think sometimes I say like imp- improvisers are like the stepchildren of theater actors. And mm-hmm. I think the reason theater actors, you know, might think that because there is there is a craft. Mm-hmm. There there are it is technical, it is a craft. There are things that I think you need to respect about about performing. And the and the fact that you've you've had a chance to do, you know, not, you know, film and sitcom and and other and then theater. Yeah. I mean, it's all different things that you can that you can pull from. Yeah, it's it's been a, a great little treasure chest, you know, to pull from. And not just my experience, but from my friends. You know, the people I've met along the way who have, you know, strengths that I don't have, strengths that I that I can improve on, you know, and I can call them. I can call you. And I, I, I mean, I, mean, I call you all the time. <laughs> I, I got this thing. Can you help me? You know, and I think that sometimes our egos get, get in front of looking for positive help, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's like, ah, I don't want to ask because I don't, I don't, I don't want people to know that I need help. Screw that. <laughs> I need help all the time, okay? And I don't care who knows it, you know? And um and I think that yes we can we can we can pull from our experiences, but the people we've met in our lives, ton a wealth of information. Yep. All the time. That's awesome. If there's one thing that all, this all has in count for, for these things to all work, mm-hmm. right? It's got there has to be some sort of story, engagement, connection to the audience. What's your what's your just kind of take on on using storytelling in in your work? Yeah, it, for for what we do with home improvement, you know, there can be the the kind of shows like Cool Tools that were segment driven. Here's a segment that's going to be complete all in that segment, and we can move on and switch it out and and move it around. 
That's one type. Mm-hmm. We also have the type of that, that's blog cabin, you mm-hmm. know, and it's definitely a story. You know, we, we need to, again, we need to know where point B is and we're at point A, but it, there's so many numbers in between those, those two letters mm-hmm. because we have so much to do. And I yeah. think the audience likes taking that ride with us. And sometimes we don't, we don't make it. Sometimes we don't get it done in time, you know, and I think the audience um, appreciates that because, you know, they're looking at a situation thinking, how can I do that? And it's okay to mess up. It's okay to fall behind because the experts do it all the time, you know? And it's that story that keeps them engaged and that story of, are they going to get this done? That story of who's coming next? That story of who's the guest? That story of who won the votes? There's all like 15 stories going going forward. It's all that, so and much it's, fun. So, the, so you're talking about that tension, that rise in tension. Here yeah. we go, keep the audience engaged. Yeah, and of course the story of who's going to win the house. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. you're from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Talk about talk about that a little bit. Gr- growing up in Chicago. Growing up. It's definitely a, just one of those towns that's so friendly. It's a comedy hotbed with the second city and all that kind yeah. of thing. So yeah. what was that like? Chicago for me, I lived I grew up in the suburbs and um, you know, I would go down to Chicago as much as I could to just feel that Chicago life, but you know, I never had any aspirations. Is that a word? Aspiration? Sure. Yeah. I never yeah. had any aspirations of being on stage, of uh-huh. being an actor or any of that. That never, I never even thought of that, you know? And um, yeah, I just had, a, a, my life was, you know, hanging out with my buddies. We were all, you know, you know, high school athletes. So we thought we were tough, you know, hockey and hockey and wrestling and whatever. And, and, you know, it was just, it was just, we had a tight crew and we had an aggressive crew, you know, and, uh, we stayed out of trouble mostly. And, and, and I'm telling you, I just had a wonderful, wonderful time. And then I went to college, you know, and my world opened up, you know, I wasn't seeing the same people all the time. It's like, wait, where are you from? You sound different. You know, (laughs) you're not from, from a suburb. You sound different, you know, and I don't, don't, what part of of suburbs you from? So yeah, it was, um, it was a lot of learning, you know, when I got out of Chicago of, of the rest of the world, you know? Yeah. But yeah, then you start traveling and you realize you're still not even touching the tip of, of knowing everybody. Right. It's been a, it's been an amazing trip. And so so college, and then when did you first start getting into performing or thinking that might be a thing? Yeah, it was just before I met you. Okay. Yeah, it was, uh, I moved to Denver, um, early '90s, and um, I, I didn't have any friends. I didn't have I didn't know a soul. I came out here by myself. I was working for IBM, ironically enough. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, I was traveling at seven state territory. I was selling printers, man. I was selling them off <laughs> the right. dock, That's man. Right. I'm telling you. <laughs> Cartridges were just jumping out my car. It was nice. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I just, I was so bored on the weekends. I didn't know anybody, you know, so I was reading the paper because people read the paper back then. Sure, yeah. You know, there was no An Facebook. actual ink yeah, it was paper. Paper. You know, Denver Post. And, um, yeah, so I saw this thing for auditions for improv, and I was like, you know what? I have seen that in Chicago. I did go to Second City. I, maybe I'll try that. And that's how it started. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's how it started. That's great. And then, obviously... I booked the first gig, you know, and had I not, I might have just never tried again. Yeah. You know, but I got lucky, and, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. I just yeah. loved it. And, you know, I'd, I'd be at work thinking about getting to the theater. You know, I, that's, that, was my, that was my happy time was doing that. And so I, I started thinking, why am I doing something I don't enjoy for the bulk of my day? You know, why don't I find a way to do what I love... And make some money, you know. Here I am, yeah, try, awesome. trying to do it. 
And then from from that show that we did with Acme Comedy Players, you went on to do some other um, very cool Denver uh, groups, Impulse and Rattlebrain, respectively. Sure. Both, both great. Uh, both great ensembles and theaters and super talented people. Yeah. Um, that was the cool thing. Uh, you know, there there were different ensembles kind of doing their thing. I mean, yeah. it just showed you how much talent Denver had. Yeah, it was a lot of ensembles, and and there it didn't seem to be any rivalries. It didn't no. seem to be, hey, we're better than you or whatever. It's like, well, can you come and perform with us this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. There and, was some respect there. We'd go see absolutely. each other's shows and all that kind of thing. Yeah, and I, and I think that also helps, you know. And, and again, you know, when you take that competitive nature out of it and you, you 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 put a goal out there for everybody to do well then then we all can move forward you know and i think that was one of the things that helped me in denver because i don't i don't enjoy being competitive you know with yeah. careers and, and and adult things you know if you want to go play hockey i can be competitive but you know I, I want you to do well i want my friends to do well you know and so it was a great place to come up you're the kind of guy that when you walk into the room, you bring in energy. It, it kind of elevates everybody's <laughs> good timeness. You know, I, I what, hope so. What's what's your like just kind of philosophy attitude wise? I mean, what is it? Do you have do you have something, or are you just kind of like you know what, just make the best of it? Yeah, I I, I think I am. Uh, I hope I am uh, the kind of person who thinks. Uh, this might be an okay situation and let's find the fun in it. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I, uh, the old adage, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. I, I want to, I want people to have fun and I, I love to have fun. You know, someone was telling me the other day, they, they said, um, um, you don't, you don't work. You, you go and play all the time, you know? And yeah, you know, I was a little offended. You know, yeah. I, I think I put my time in and I, I do, I do what I can to, to, to be good at what I do. Um, but, it's okay to have fun at work. It's a, why, why can't those two go together? You know? Yeah. And so I think, I hope that my philosophy is, you know, you, if you're lucky enough and I, I do count myself as lucky to have the opportunity to do something you love and, and make a living. And it's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not buying mansions in cherry Hills. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ain't going across the street, you know, but, but, but I'm, but no I'm having doubt. fun. Yeah. You know? So, Grundy, I, you know, just doing, it, it was kind of funny knowing you so well and then just doing, doing a little research, you know, it's like, well, what's, what comes up on the interwebs oh, when I, when I, when I Google Grundy oh, God. and so Google, I just Google search Chris Grundy and then all of course everything comes up like, you know, the DIY blog happened, that, that stuff comes on. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and it says, then there's something that comes up, says searches related to Chris Grundy. Is Chris Grundy married comes up. <laughs> and so apparently enough people are typing that in. Yeah. And 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 I and I so I, I had to click on it and I didn't see anything that answered the question. But right. What's crazy is that you know Google those these algorithms they have in there and it's just like uh, you know bing 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 and then but so apparently there are enough people typing that in. Just just FYI. Yeah, you know people want to know. I, I they say just don't Google yourself and don't just do be, it. be careful about all that kind of mm -hmm. thing. But you know, in, in doing a little bit of uh, the research, I was just like, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta check this out. Um, other things that you're into now, mm -hmm. um, you know, one, one, like a hot, a hot button thing in, in, um, in politics mm -hmm. is gun control. Mm -hmm. And I know you part of you, uh, work at a, um, what do you call it? Gun range, gun range, shooting range, yeah. gun range, but you do like gun safety and things yeah. like that. I mean, yeah, you I'm, take it very, very seriously. I do. I'm, I'm an instructor and yeah. I, I, uh, part of my, uh, my, uh, certification is safety is marksmanship. Uh, I do concealed carry classes. I, 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 you know, I'm still mostly, mostly with pistols. Uh -huh. Um, but yeah, I, I am, I am, 
I wouldn't say I'm a gun nut, yeah. you know. Um, I I appreciate the the freedom to have one. Yeah. Um, but they're so dangerous, man. Yeah. They're, you know, I'm 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 not the guy who's just going to be blind blindly saying everybody get a gun. Yeah. You know, no. You know, <laughs> no, some people I, shouldn't. And I'll say, like, I went to the gun range with you, mm-hmm. and and I had to go through a. a like a, a program, like right. steps. Like I had to go through a thing, and you were there with me, observing, and you showed me. I mean, I, I was, you know, I, I'm, I was nervous. Yeah, you know, I was like, sure. oh my god, I'm holding a gun right now. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think just demystifying that, you know, in the in the context that we were in, we were mm-hmm. at a gun range. You showed me the proper way to use it, mm-hmm. and you know, it was a great time. It's a, it is it is a bit of a rush. You it's know? a rush, right? So it's like, uh, and then you know, then you get your little, uh, you know, your, your silhouette, your little, the target, little silhouette, and the targets, mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. And you're like, yeah, I, I had a flashback back to camp. You know, we had little twenty two guns. Mm-hmm. You know, this place called Camp St. Malo. You know, it was one of my favorite things to go to the range. We had twenty two guns. Again, they went through the whole thing, the safety, everything was yeah. was very. So I mean. You know, it, it it is something that, you know, I guess my point here is that there are people doing it the right way, and you are definitely an, an advocate of, of making sure that, that people are you're Safety first. Yeah. Safety first, man. And, and it's, it's, it's not a – again, ego gets in our way a lot of times in life. <clears throat> and a lot of people who think, oh, I've been shooting guns forever – have you been shooting it correctly, you mm-hmm. know, and have you been taking those safety precautions that you should be taking, you know? And I, and I think that for me, when I learned – I, I believe I learned it the right way, and it was safety first, always, always, yeah. always. And um, you know, I just, I just, I almost wish. I think I do wish. I know I wish that if you buy a gun, there should be a safety class with it. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I think that so many things could be prevented if if you didn't just say, "Here's a gun, good luck." Yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, seriously, right. that's all. That's it kind is. of what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. You know, and you know, there's no waiting period in, in a lot of states, and some states there are. But even during that waiting period, it's not like they're saying, "Here, go learn safety." They're yeah. just saying, "Wait there, we'll get you the gun, and then good luck." Yeah. You know. And I think that a lot of things could be prevented. I think a lot of attitudes could be prevented if the priority was safety first, safety first, rather than, <clears throat> "Hey, I got to protect myself from uh, ISIS." No, you don't, man. <laughs> you got to protect yourself from yourself first because yeah. you're the one holding the gun. Right. So right. I, I, I wish that safety was more a part of of uh, buying a weapon. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's always been something where, uh, you know, yeah, that you, there, there is that, that, that stigma around it. And it, it, like I said, it was, it was weird holding a, a pistol and, and all that thing. But, but, but going through that, <clears throat> and the people at the gun range were very knowledgeable. And they, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you walked in there with some sort of kind of weird attitude, you, you're probably going to get escorted out of there. It could happen, yeah. yeah. And especially, you know, like I said, we're in Colorado. If I smell... Some kind of weed yeah. situation, yeah. you gotta go. Yeah. You know, I can't have it. You know, uh-huh. and alcohol, whatever. We know. Not only do we want people to be this, be safe. We're worried about our own safety. You know. Yeah. Oh, of course. And so, you know, I, you know, I don't enjoy wearing a bulletproof vest to work, but if I have to, I have to. You yeah. know. And if, like I said, safety first. And um, you know, I just, I really enjoy it. I love the challenge of it. I, I, I love the mechanics of it. I love taking guns apart and seeing how they work. You know, I, I love all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but what I love most is coming home safe. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Well, well said. I, I, I did want to talk about that because I know you, you know, you're one of the good guys around it. You know, and and you talked about the hunting commercial mm-hmm. and there there is that interesting relationship with hunters and environment it's not like this thing where you know yeah. one side or the other it's right. like you want to have you want to protect your environment you know you Absolutely. want animals to be 
you know, protect it and do things the right way. And yeah, animals will will flourish where there's food, water, you know, and safety and, and cover, you know. And um, and if there are too many of one species, there goes your cover. There goes your food. You know, there there goes uh, their sustain, sustainability. Yeah. So, you know, when people are like, oh, hunting's bad, hunting's bad. Yeah, it might be. I mean, things have been hunted out of existence that's happened you know so i'm i'm not going to discount you know someone saying that cuz that's very possible um but there are advantages to it as well and um you know we just need to look at the whole picture yeah i lived in steamboat springs and uh what my roommate you know they would harvest a, an elk mm-hmm. and they'd have food for the winter exactly. i mean it was, it was like you know i was in the garage there yeah. go ahead there you know whatever you want but, a steak i got one butchering for it in the garage and it's just like it's in the freezer and yeah, yeah i mean that it's it's it, a lot of things a lot of people are very responsible about the way they do things sure and there's idiots too oh yeah don't get me wrong i'm yeah. not gonna say everybody with a gun out in the in the woods is <laughs> is the greatest thing ever i'm not saying that but um, in any situation, you're gonna have your wild herrings. You're gonna have people that are on the fringe or whatever. And um, and yeah, I think that the the better we are, the better examples that we are, yeah. the better people will follow us. But if I sit here and say, ah, be this kind of person, and I'm the opposite, well, then why would anyone listen to me? Yep. So speaking of herrings. Mm-hmm. You're you're also uh, a pretty you're an angler. I I love to fish. You fish a lot, don't you? I do. I love to fish. My best friend, who uh, I grew up in Chicago with, uh, John Cassano. He and I uh, we've been friends since we were since we were seven years old. Yeah, right? and I'm old now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm decrepit. <laughs> it hurts getting out of bed. Right. Ah, my knee. Ah, my back. Um, but yeah, man, we I love to fish, and I'll fish by myself. I'll fish with him. I'll fish with a stranger. I don't care. I just I love the peace and quiet of it, but I. I also love the conversations that come from it too. You know, I when I grew up, uh, I thought my first person that I ever fished with was my grandpa. So a lot of that was just life lessons. Who cared about the fish? I can I can go months without catching a fish, but I got to spend time with my grandpa. You know, every weekend or whatever. So that that's how I look at fishing. It's not so much catching a fish; it's the experience of fishing. Yeah. Right. Right, so we've we've gotten on quite the outdoor yeah, tangent. but yeah, I mean you 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 are an outdoor guy, so it is it is awesome, and then just I mean just growing up with that, but um, and then like when you played hockey growing up, was that was that on lakes? That was yeah, we had a pond, a pond, a pond uh, behind our house, and. Um, our neighbors uh, were nice enough to put lights up, right? Oh, that's awesome. Because it's wintertime, Chicago, it's dark yep. by, you know, 4.30, 5 o'clock, you know, whatever. So we would play for hours oh beyond God. that. Lights, that so, is just insane. Yeah. So, I mean, was there a, like a regular kind of meetup, like all the regular guys would yeah. just get out there? And- it was it was pretty consistent. And and like I said, my the neighbors who actually lived on the pond, they could care less if we skated on it. They didn't, they never kicked us off, you know, whatever. So it was like, all right, after school, you, you got to go do your homework, and then I'll see you at the rink. That's some incentive to go get your homework done. Absolutely. <laughs> and people would, you know, there's a everyone's had study hall. Yeah. You know, we would arrange it in the winter to be the last class, and then we ditch all the time. You know, <laughs> get it done, and you know, if if you could do better work in study hall, great. If not, if it's at home, even better. But whatever, because that's where my skates are. They're at home. That's where my gear is. Is at home. So I wanted to go home, get it done, get on the ice as quick as possible. Yep. Loved it. That's great. absolutely loved it. That's so nice. And just like just the neighborhood and the, you know, having those friends growing up. Yeah, yeah. You said you had that tight crew. We had a tight crew, and you and you just see guys walking down the street with the pocky bags, you know, because 
we didn't have cars yet. You know, we're, we're kids. You know, and then when we did have cars, who cares? We're still walking. Oh, it was great, man. I, I had a fun childhood. So Chicago, and then uh, getting back to some of the some of the, the acting, and because you do a, a really funny Boston accent. <laughs> so there's the Chicago Boston, and then I think we did a scene where there were some Irish in there or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Um, so it's quite a Seamus. Hey, <laughs> what are you doing? Hey there, lot. See, I it just for me it just is like it could be anything <laughs> over there. Sure, it just is like a, a blend of whatever. Yeah. It's, it's like this Scottish, Irish, English. <laughs> I go through the islands a bit myself. <laughs> I go yeah. through the islands. Hi. No, yeah, the the thing, you know, as, as actors, you know, a lot of people have a phrase that they use in their head or or verbally to get into a character, you know. And so mine was always, that there's the biggest potato I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, you can just, you, hopefully you can keep going, you right. know. But yeah, that potato, it had to start it, you know. And then I saw Michael Collins. I was like, hi, how's that man over there? Hell, he's looking awfully fit, isn't he? I tell you what, let's dump him in the green aisle and we'll back, we'll, we'll move on with him. <laughs> we had some fun. Uh, uh, and and now the the Boston. Now you've perfected this over some time. And where does this? Where yeah. did this kind of? Because you, I think you gravitate towards the things that you that you enjoy. Yeah, you probably. Have some friends in Boston, don't you? And I do. Uh, one of the, another guy I grew up with in Chicago. Uh-huh. Uh, he moved out to Boston, went to Boston College, and then stayed there. And he's a just, you know, Boston's a huge sports town. He loves everything about Boston. So when the Broncos play the Patriots, I always go out there for the game, and then he'll come out here uh-huh. if it's in Denver. But yeah, listening to his friends and family, you know, talking and just, I mean, they're belligerent with each other. I mean, it, what can I say on this? Go, whatever you need to. So yeah, so the, the, the word they love the most is fuck. You know, these fucking, fuck. yeah, look, look at these fucking bastards over here. You know, they, they just, they, oh, I'm telling you, the, the intenseness of, of what they're saying is just wonderful. But yeah, they'll just talk talk about their chatter. So I was, I was down there at the bar the other night. This, this guy, he put his fucking chatter right in my lap. You know, I wanted to fucking hit him in a fucking Harvard Square, but I, but I just couldn't fucking do it. I'm telling you, the heat, it's so intense with everything they do. It's so much fun to listen to. Yeah, they, I, I love the, 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 the culture, boss. Boston's a great town, yeah, great, great city, town. so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Chicago, do you have a, do you have a, can you? It's weird, because I'm from there. I haven't you know? really heard you do much of the Chicago. Yeah, let's try. What, yeah. what are we talking about, sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> a tiny beef sandwich. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was over there, uh, I was on the north side, you know, yeah. and uh, I, I got these guys, and uh, <laughs> I was getting myself a sandwich, and uh, I put a little mustard on there, and this, uh, this guy says, he does, it's the wrong kind of condiment, he tells me. <laughs> I told him to go fuck himself. Shy <laughs> town. Oh, I love Chicago. I lo- and I, I tell you, I've been I've been just I keep saying the same word, but lucky yeah. to to get to travel, you know, yeah. and to this job has taken me all over the place. And you know, I mean, what's some what's a place where you where where you've gone to where you just said I had never I'd never dreamed that I'd be standing right here. Well, just recently I was in Nicaragua. 
on, wow. uh, yeah, on top of a building, um, top of a, a, a cigar factory. And um, I'm up there with the owner, and we're up and we're just looking at the bay and looking at the city of, of uh, Managua. And uh-huh. um, I'm telling you, it was I had that moment of I can't believe I'm I'm standing here. I was with and I'm with Samantha Brown, who is the travel queen. She's been on Travel Channel for like 15 years. And you guys collaborated on a show, and we did. We got to work together and, and come up with something really fun. And and I'm sitting there smoking a cigar, looking at the bay, <laughs> you know, in Nicaragua with Samantha Brown. It was surreal. Yeah. And I, I did. I had that moment. I can't believe and I'm here. did you guys go to Dubai or something like that? We did. We went to uh, Abu Dhabi, uh-huh. you know, and um, uh, Al Roker came with us from the Today Show. Uh, we did the <laughs> Today right. Show. Yeah. And then we hopped on a plane and went to Abu Dhabi. It was unbelievable. And it was unbelievably hot. It's yeah. no joke, man. It was August. Woo! It was hot. <laughs> um, but, man, we had a great time. It's a great, great part of the world. And uh, went over to Dubai and went to the tallest building in the world and the biggest mall in the world or whatever the statistics are, you know. And, man, I'm telling you, people treated us like kings. Everybody was so kind to us. And there's a lot of expats over in uh, Abu Dhabi. Yeah. It was crazy. We were doing the Today Show from the beach, and I couldn't... I, I couldn't believe how many Americans I was seeing yeah. on the beach with signs. Hello, Milwaukee. <laughs> What's up, Sheboygan? What's up, Topeka? You know, so That's it was, insane. It was insane. There were so many expats over Today's there. Today's show. Well, you know, and, and I think just, you know, as I, I saw this article about tourism and, and um, it, tourism is, a, is, is, I think, the way to, through, to, to really get an understanding of, of cultures and mm-hmm. you know we there, there there's just not to get political or anything but um you know these narratives get started and then they become this thing that mm-hmm. everybody just believes but until you go somewhere yeah i mean for the most part you know i think people are good yeah and, and I, I do too and i and and i'll use abu dhabi as an example you know you go over there and and even before i left people were saying oh you better be careful about this you better be careful about that and of course you know you're in a foreign country i don't speak the language yeah of course you want to be careful but uh, the fear that people were trying to put into me uh-huh. wasn't even realistic. I mean, we got off the plane, and it was like, welcome. What can we do? How, how do we make this a good trip for you? And, and I, I mean, everybody. I, never, I, can't, I can't tell you a bad experience I had with a person in Abu Dhabi. I can tell you a bad experience I had with the sun. It was brutal. <laughs> okay. But not a person. It was hot. It was hot, you know. And Unrelenting. I, I, yeah, and I got out of the I was, you know, I was on this boat. And I get out, I jump in the water, and I'm walking up the beach, and my feet caught on fire. <laughs> I couldn't believe how hot that sand was. I don't know how people live. I don't know how there's a sur- surviving people over there. It doesn't make no sense. It makes no kind of sense. And if I was a camel, I'd, I'd hump the fuck out of there. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Um, it, was, it was brutal. If you go to Abu Dhabi, go in January. I'm telling you, August... Where it's a nice, cool 90. 90, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, this has been awesome, dude. Good. I mean, you know, it's just like, I knew I was going to get a few little snippets and segments <laughs> and things that I hadn't heard from you right? and just because we're in this type of setting. But, uh, you know, before we sign off, there's a there's a show that you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called All in the Family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you've, you've mentioned this show, like, growing up, you and your yes. family love to watch this thing. Yes, yes. And, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know Archie just being one of those iconic characters. Yeah, we we I have an uncle, uh, my uncle Mickey, <clears throat> who's my dad's uh, third brother. 
down. Um, he loved All in the Family more than anything <laughs> in the world. I'm telling you, he loved Archie Bunker like you read about. And um, and he would just, the, all the insults, the racial, I mean, the, yeah. remember that show back oh, yeah. in the day? I mean, they said anything, and it was offensive and whatever. Loved it. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. But yet had Archie Bunker talking about Marcus Welby or whoever, you know, hey, I, I, won't you come on over here? You know, I mean, I loved his hesitations, the way he would say things. You know, Archie, Archie, oh, Archie, is that you? No, it's Marcus Welby making a house call. <laughs> what are you looking at, meathead? <laughs> loved meathead. Gloria, yeah. <laughs> Love that show. Oh, Loved it. Sanford and it's Son. It's a good one. Oh, my know, God. The Jeffersons. Those were some good I times. Mean, really, really good shows. Great stuff. I mean, stuff. That, that's like a, that, that those, it, it's like, this, I don't know, it's a sitcom, it's a genre in and of itself. You that know I mean? era was so era. strong. Yeah, for sure. And um, to take that, that type of era, that type of comedy and put it in mainstream television today it, for a couple of reasons it's not going to work we're all very sensitive today mm-hmm. so it's not going to work for that reason also it's been done you yeah. know we we've seen it Good you point. know and, and whatever racial joke you think you got yeah i'm sure i'm not sure i'm almost sure <laughs> i've heard it you know what i mean and so you know so i think that 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 kind of comedy maybe it comes around again i don't know but right now it's it's a little played out because the master's did it, you know, 30 yeah. years ago. They took care of business, you know, and um, and it's it's out there, but I think people are, they're looking for the next level. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, so you're taking off for Black Cabin. Yeah, I leave. Panhandle of, Flo- Panhandle of Florida. Panhandle of Florida, up. I leave on Monday. And now, uh, and just to sign off here, now you, you're also working on a couple other things I saw on your IMDb page. Was this uh, Heaven Sent? Yeah, was yeah. That, um, that a, like a, it's a movie. It's, it's a, a movie. You remember, of course, you remember Michael Landon. Oh, yeah. Well, Michael Landon Jr. is also a director. Okay. <clears throat> so I did a, a film with him, and um, um, Christian Kane is, okay. is one of the leads. And um, he's doing, I think, um, not Leverage. That was his last show. Now he's doing The Librarian. Great guy, great lead. Um, and again, someone who was more than happy to say, here's how I would do it. And is this something you're looking more... Looking to do more of this type of thing? I love doing films. I love doing sitcoms. I mean, I just have a ball doing it. I love what I do. I love doing, uh, you know, our home improvement shows or travel shows, you know. You know, I... I don't want to be the kind of person who's like, I'm only going to do one thing. Screw that. You know, <laughs> I, 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 there's a whole basket of fruit. That's so great. I want to And you can bite. do it all, man. That's for sure. I enjoy it. Grundy. Michael. Let's go get some beers and wings. I love it. Watch some hockey. Let's do Thanks that. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast <laughs> today. It's great to see you, brother. Done. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. That wraps it up. Thanks again to Shift Workspaces for letting us record today's episode here. Go to shiftworkspaces.com for more information on offices, desks, and co-working. And special thanks to my guest, Chris Grundy. Make sure to tune into Blog Cabin 2016 on the DIY Network. It's the multimedia experience based on the idea. You design it. We build it. You could win it. Go to DIYNetwork.com to get involved. And please go to BeStoryDriven.com for future story-driven podcasts, as well as information about coaching and workshops for your team. Or you can email me at michael at BeStoryDriven.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>